Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 21st, 2017. I'm jumping in now because I wanted to talk about this DeMarcus Cousins trade. So the Sacramento Kings traded DeMarcus Cousins for essentially a six-pack of beer and maybe a box of used condoms. Um, Really got... Some people have been saying 50 cents on the dollar. I would venture to say 25 cents on the dollar. Um, DeMarcus Cousins was traded essentially during the All-Star game in New Orleans to the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, You're now going to see this Twin Towers tandem of DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, although many pundits out there will tell you that these two guys are not going to function like the Twin Towers. They, uh, you know, they're, they're not neither of them are really sort of pitted as this perfect post player. They are a bit of a modern day post player. They're both stretch. You know, they, they're, they're kind of stretch fives. They can, but you know, cousins can step out and hit the three point shot. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis has got much more uh, ability down low, I think than cousins, but both of them are serious clutch players. They're both serious dominant forces on the court. Um, but before we start talking about what Cousins and Davis are going to look like in New Orleans, um, we really need to talk a little bit about what happened here with Sacramento. So pretty much they traded DeMarcus Cousins for virtually nothing. Now, that's not true. They, so they got Buddy Heald, they got Langston Galloway, they got Tyreek Evans' expiring contract, which is essentially a salary dump, and then they got a uh, an unprotected first-round pick. And all of these things are going back to Sacramento. This is essentially what they got for their blue chip player. And Sacramento has been the picture of dysfunction. I mean, ever since Chris Webber and Vladi Divac, you know, you know, failed to reach the NBA Finals in 2002. You had the Maloof brothers being the owners. They wanted to move the team. Um, and there's kind of a double-edged sword situation with Vivek Ranadive or Ranadive, I don't know how to say his name properly, uh, although I probably should. The guy's a owner of an NBA team. Um, you know, So it was a blessing that Vivek came in and purchased the team because he did keep the team in Sacramento. However, we can't overlook just the year-after-year year dysfunction that's been going on here. How many head coaches have they had? Um, how many general managers have they had? You know, to see them go from Ty Corbin to Mike Malone to George Carl so fast. And then, you know, George Carl, like, you know, this is the type of franchise where you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that a deal is going to be poor as soon as it happens. Once they brought in George Carl, I knew he wasn't going to work with Boogie Cousins, you know, and he didn't. It was, it was, it was a, it was a problem from the beginning. Um, and then you think about the players that they've put around DeMarcus Cousins on this team. Uh, you know, we can't talk about this DeMarcus Cousins trade without talking about all the other trades that they that they did in Sacramento. And the biggest one on the list is the Nick Stauskas trade. This, this trade where Sam Hinkie absolutely robbed the Sacramento Kings, only he just didn't use a gun. Um, you know, it was a clear example of the fact that Vladi Divac is now the GM of the team, and he really doesn't know much about how to do, you know, caponomics or, or, or cap analysis. The guy just doesn't know. There was a very clear stretch provision that they could have used in that trade with the Sixers that they didn't use, and I think that's just pure ignorance about how the cap works. Um, so because they didn't use this, you know, they got robbed in that particular trade. 
Uh, and they ended up using that money to, and you know, you hear this again and again and again, they used that money to sign Marco Bellinelli, Rajon Rondo, and Costa, Costas Kufos. And the only guy who's still on the roster right now is Kufos, and I don't really know if he's worth it. Um, you know, and they've got other pieces on this team, like they had Omri Caspi, who was one of the few things that went over to the Pelicans with DeMarcus Cousins was Omri Caspi. Or Omri Caspi. And Omri Caspi has, has played pretty darn well in the Israeli league before he came over to the NBA. You know, he was playing pretty well in George Carl's rotation last year, but then, you know, Dave Yeager has not figured out a way to make him fit with this year's rotation, just furthering the dysfunction. And again, we can't talk about the Nick Stauskas trade without talking about uh, Isaiah Thomas. You know, Isaiah Thomas, who's now shaping up into this, you know, Modern day iteration of Allen Iverson, you know, the six foot tall or less point guard who's able to score 50 points in the fourth quarter at will. You know, this is what's happening right now with Isaiah Thomas on the Boston Celtics, whereas the Sacramento Kings let him walk away for nothing. Uh, you know, and he he eventually signs with Phoenix and then Phoenix trades him to the Celtics for, you know, I mean, this God, it's another asset that was just severely mishandled by the Sacramento Kings. I mean, we could go on and on about their attempts to try to build around Boogie Cousins. And I guess all of this, all of my discussion here has been buttering up to talk about the dysfunction about Boogie Cousins. So is DeMarcus Cousins the problem or is the organization the problem? And I think, I mean, I think it's a matter of both. I think the organization of Sacramento has had its dysfunction from the changing in ownership to the changing in management to the changing in coaching to the changing in personnel, for that matter. Everything has been, you know, dysfunctional from jump. And you want to talk about changing the culture. I know that they are desperately trying to change the culture, but it just has not taken yet. Now, DeMarcus is a whole thing in itself. I don't know if I can think of an NBA blue chip superstar who was so much of a dysfunctional head case and so difficult to work with and play with that he has caused this much of a turmoil with a franchise. I mean, it's just hard for me to think of someone who was so good, who was so difficult to work with that it created a a situation where nobody wanted to go there. You know, Kobe... Kobe was certainly a difficult guy to play with. I think many players will attest to that. But, you know, he wasn't difficult enough that he couldn't make his team better. He wasn't difficult enough that it didn't equate to wins. That's something I think we need to seriously discuss with DeMarcus Cousins because several of the players who were moved, Stauskas being one of them, Isaiah Thomas being one of them, these were people who, you know, there's not definite information here, but there was information saying that these guys clashed with DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins had beef with them. DeMarcus Cousins butted heads with them. And so much so that it bled out onto the court and their ability to perform on the court. And I think that management moved some of these players to appease DeMarcus Cousins. And so I think the challenge that uh, that Sacramento has dealt with is A, they've got an issue with culture. They've got an issue with management and dysfunction. That is not I mean, I think there's a lot of people, again, who are saying, is it DeMarcus or is it management? I don't think it's a bit of a mystery to me that there's something going on in management. Something is rotten in the state of Sacramento, or California for that matter. Um, What I think is continually, you know, we give it a pass again and again, but I think DeMarcus Cousins' inability to, to play with teammates, inability to work with other guys, 
Like, this is really the thing that is is the culprit for all of it, in my opinion. When you start to think about game after game, season after season, where you're thinking, okay, DeMarcus Cousins is our, he's our superstar. He's the guy we're building an entire team around. And now, your main superstar is so difficult to work with, you're firing coaches. Your main superstar is so difficult to work with, you're moving players off of the team. And I think that, you know, I heard Brian Windhorst talk to Zach Lowe on the Low Post podcast yesterday, and, you know, he really articulated something very, very well, which was that after, you know, the Sacramento Kings are in a spot where they need to consider signing DeMarcus Cousins to a super long contract extension. And with the new CBA rules and the new salary caps, we're talking about a $200 million deal. This is a colossal amount of money that Sacramento is going to have to dedicate to, to Boogie Cousins. And that was coming whether Sacramento liked it or not. And few times do you find a situation where a team is is really sort of hesitant about giving that money and that time commitment to a player that is such a dysfunctional head case that they can't even trust him to give him that money. More often than not, the situation is, will the player leave to go to another team? Will the player uh, uh, underperform over the next couple of years? Will the player you know, get an injury or they have an injury history? These are things that we can't consider with DeMarcus. DeMarcus, up until recently, I mean, it was as recent as, as days, just a day or two before the trade, you had DeMarcus Cousins taking interviews saying, I want to retire as a Sacramento King. I want my jersey to hang on the rafters. You had head coach Dave Yeager going on podcasts talking about he's not going anywhere. We're working to build around him. We're trying to figure out how, how best to make this work. Um, you had Vladi Divac saying that this guy is untouchable. We're not trading him. We're not fielding offers. Um, and, you know, you've got a, a player who is good. I mean, he was an all-star, well-deserved all-star. I mean, his numbers are amazing. He shoots the three. He's a big body. He's, I mean, he is a guy who can fit into this modern-day NBA and do it very, very well. I think the truth is, and I think what everyone's kind of coming out with, is that the reality, he should have been traded a couple summers ago. I think that with a superstar like DeMarcus Cousins, his value was probably higher a couple of seasons ago when the team was still in the dumps, when there was still an expectation that they were probably going to go back into the lottery and probably going to get another high draft pick. It was sort of like, all right, you know what? We need to fish or cut bait. We need to say, listen, this guy's not working out. We're going to move him now, and we're going to try to get as much as, as humanly possible. But Sacramento didn't do that. They stuck with him, and they decided to try to build around him unsuccessfully. Then they did it again this year. They tried to build around him unsuccessfully. And now, you know, they're fighting for like the nine spot or the eight spot. Maybe they'll squeak into the playoffs in that first, you know, and and have to draw the Golden State Warriors as the number one seed. But that, I think, is a key reason why they didn't get what they didn't get anything in this trade. Uh, you know, and and again, they're talking about why didn't he wait till Thursday? I mean, it two days the trade deadline comes up, and I think you would have had more opportunity to hear more offers. Um, you know, there seemed to be a fear by the Kings that they weren't going to get a decent offer. And you know, you're sitting here now saying, well, what the hell did they get? Was the offer they got the best on the table? And I think two years ago they probably would have gotten a better offer. But right now, at the position he's in. Sacramento, and this is, 
man, this this is this is a game here out there with these general managers. Man, they smell blood in the water. They knew that the situation was not okay in Sacramento, and they know that Sacramento's in a position to try to deal him. I mean, this trade that New Orleans, you know, did to get Boogie Cousins. I mean, this was the same package they were offering Philadelphia for Jaleel Okafor, okay? And Jaleel Okafor and DeMarcus Cousins, there's a world of difference between those two players, at least right now in their careers. So to think this certainly wasn't the best deal on the table, but I think a lot of other teams knew that Sacramento was in a tough spot. I mean, do you think teams out there are giving the Philadelphia 76ers good trade offers for their big men? No, because they know Philadelphia is desperate to trade these guys. So, you know, when you're in that situation where you're not the one who's who's in the pressure cooker and needs to make a call to save their job, you have the luxury of sitting back and waiting for the best offer. And so, you know, that got to the point where Vladi Divac was in the hot seat or whether he's in the hot seat or not, he finally, whatever happened, they got to a point where they said, we need to finally move this guy. And they started making calls and they realized, and everybody, you know, saw the writing on the wall, knew that Sacramento was in a def- desperate situation and didn't offer anything good. And I have a feeling that the, the offers would have gotten worse. I mean, that's why you've got Vladi Divac coming out yesterday saying we had better offers a few days earlier. Then why the fuck didn't you take that offer, Vladi? And also... This is another example of how you're not good at your job, man. Why are you even saying that to the press? Don't say anything, man. Pull a Sam Hinkie. Pull a Bill Belichick. Say nothing. Just keep it all under wraps. You don't need to feed the PR monster. You need to spin the PR monster. You need to tell them what you want them to hear, not what actually happened. They didn't deserve to be in the room or on the phone when you were negotiating the trade. So don't gratify them with any inside information because it's making you look like more of an idiot. I, I just, New Orleans, I mean, this is a coup. This is an absolute coup. They, I mean, it's a great deal for New Orleans because, I mean, shit, this can't go wrong for them. If they don't keep Boogie and he doesn't sign a long-term deal with them, whatever. So they rented him for a year and a half to see exactly how that would work with Anthony Davis because, listen, New Orleans is in their own dire situation. They've got a superstar in Anthony Davis, and they can't figure out a way to build this team around him. Now, that's more of an indictment of the front office. This is another franchise that has some dysfunction going on with it. Um, but a big trade like this... I mean, it makes them look like geniuses when, in reality, I just think that the Sacramento Kings front office is a dumpster fire and you had looters going in and just stealing things and it just so happened Boogie Cousins was sitting in an open window and New Orleans said, all right, we're just going to we're gonna leave you an empty bag of dirt and we're just going to take this, uh, this gold trophy here. I mean, I really want to see these two guys play together. I think, you know, there, there's a feeling now that the that the Pelicans are just going to thrive that they're going to rise, they're going to get back into the playoffs. This is instant success. And listen, there's absolutely going to be an uptick. DeMarcus Cousins is an amazing talent. I'm really excited to see how he fits with Anthony Davis. I'm really excited to see how Drew Holiday makes all that work. But I've been talking about this whole podcast. DeMarcus Cousins is a head case. Okay, and how long is it going to be before he clashes with the head coach of the Pelicans? How long is it going to be before he clashes with Anthony Davis or any of these other guys? If he has beef with Anthony Davis or one of these other, you know, or Drew Holiday for that matter, all of a sudden, you know, we start to, you know, I don't think anyone's talked about this. 
DeMarcus Cousins has been the man in Sacramento his entire time there, okay? Nobody else has arrived at that team with more talent or more clout to order around DeMarcus Cousins so that he had to shut up and listen. Yeah, yeah, they had Rondo, sure, but Rondo was not... Rondo was not throwing his weight around on that team, okay? Everybody knew it was Boogie's team. Now, this ain't Boogie's team, okay? This is Anthony Davis's team. And we haven't really seen a lot of Anthony Davis in the limelight. We don't know what type of a celebrity he is, what type of a superstar he is. You know, he's only gotten so much focus because New Orleans isn't the biggest market. And, you know, after they missed the playoffs last year, there was a real... You know, there was a fall off in interest of Anthony Davis because two years ago they went to the playoffs and everyone's saying, you know, they're going to take a step forward. He's an MVP candidate and they took a big step backwards last year. And now everyone's sort of like, oh, well, let's just talk about Russell Westbrook and Isaiah Thomas, all these other guys. So I think there's a little bit of spotlight that's off Anthony Davis. So we don't really know what's going to happen when the fireworks happen. You actually put this crazy chemical that is DeMarcus Cousins into the mix. I think it's going to equate to wins early. But I'm telling you, if beef goes down, if there is an issue between DeMarcus Cousins and someone else, man, it's going to it's gonna spiral out of control. It's going to get ugly. That's why I think DeMarcus Cousins might be an example of someone who is so damn good, but his his personality is going to run him out of a job and out of this league, and that is my honest opinion. I really think that no matter where he goes, he is going to be so toxic from a personality standpoint, not from a talent or basketball standpoint, from a personality standpoint, that inevitably each team will just realize it's not worth it. And that's what Sacramento realized. They finally just said, you know what? This is not worth it. This guy is so good, but we have tried to build around him for years, and not only is he a fucking headache to deal with, but we still have not gotten to the playoffs. We still haven't gotten anywhere near getting out of the dumpster that we're at. If anything, we're sitting in the middle. And, man, I was listening to the Ringer NBA podcast. Sometimes sitting in the middle is worse. You know, sometimes being kind of in that range where you're the ninth seed or the 10th seed, you're not making the playoffs, but you're not in the toilet, which means you're getting a middling lottery pick and your superstars are only so good. I mean, that can really bite you in the ass. And, you know, that's what Sacramento was stuck in. And they finally just said, you know what, we got to, we got to move this guy. The problem is like every other trade they've made, they moved him at the wrong time and they didn't get nearly what they could have gotten for him. And even if they got anything for him, you're not going to replace DeMarcus Cousins. This is clearly an admission by Sacramento that they needed to they needed to start over. And you know what? I feel like it's like breaking up with a girlfriend. They're going to feel a lot better next year when this is all over and their franchise and their team is much more functional. They might not be winning as many games, but they'll be on a much clearer path to victory. Okay, I could go on and on about this, but I do want to spend some time talking about the Lakers. So it came out today that... um. Jeannie Buss, so uh, Dr. Jerry Buss used to own the Lakers, and he's got two children, Jim and Jeannie. Well, Jeannie is, I think, technically the larger stakeholder in the team. Uh, Her brother, Jim, um, has been the VP of Basketball Operations, and former player Mitch Kupchak has been the GM at least since the year 2000, so he's had the job for a very long time. These two guys have been at the front of the Lakers since before Jerry Buss passed away. Um, today, uh, they were both removed, both fired, um, and Magic Johnson was brought in 
And I'm not talking about a large magic penis. I'm talking about Irvin Magic Johnson, the former superstar of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, he was brought in as a consultant earlier this week, and then he was he essentially took Mitch Kupchak's job. He is now the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm very skeptical of this because, you know, there are there's some clear evidence that you could give Jeannie Buss for the fact that Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak were not doing that great a job. Now, the Lakers are at a very unique time in their history. For the first time in a very long time, they are having losing seasons. And this is something, you know, when you go back to that one year after uh, Shaq left and Phil Jackson left, I think it was the 04-05 season when Rudy Tomjanovich came in and coached for about three quarters of the year and Phil Jackson came back the very next year. But it was that one year. Rudy Tomjanovich was the coach. He ended up resigning before the season was over. And Kobe was the only superstar. They, Shaq was gone. Carl Malone was gone. Gary Payton was gone. Everybody else, Rick Fox, all these guys were gone. And the Lakers missed the playoffs. And I remember hearing at that time, this is the first time the Lakers have missed the playoffs in like 20 years or 15 years. And I was like, wow, that is a crazy run. Well, now I think we're at a situation where the Lakers are looking similar to the Sixers. They're on about three solid years of just bottom dumpster of the league losing seasons where they're winning 19 games, 20 games. They're right up there with the Sixers for fighting for that first overall pick. Um, you know, there's even a, a top three protected pick that the Sixers have from the Lakers, and the Lakers have been able to retain it year after year because every year the Lakers are so high in the draft, they've actually been able to keep their pick. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, you had Jim Buss saying to everybody, in three years, we're going to be competitive again. Well, it's three years now, and they're not competitive. Also, for the first time in a long time, this is a, a franchise which is not drawing visits from major superstars. The Los Angeles Lakers, it's the Lakers. It's LA. Like This isn't the Milwaukee Bucks. This isn't the Atlanta Hawks. This is a huge franchise with a big following, with the Showtime Lakers, big-time legacy, Coming to play for the Lakers is a big deal. In the last couple of years, Kevin Durant didn't want to come visit. LaMarcus Aldridge sort of came and visited, but didn't really give him any time. I mean, it was becoming clear that L.A. was struggling to be a free agent destination. And unlike the Sixers, they were sort of kind of tanking, but just not really being as obvious about it to the public. So, you know, you've got a lot of young pieces with L.A. Um, you've got Brandon Ingram. You've got D'Angelo Russell. You've got Julius Randle. You've got Jordan Clarkson. I mean, they've got pieces, and they've certainly tried. I mean, they, they brought in Roy Hibbert last year. I didn't really think that was a great move. Um, they brought in Timothy Mozgov this year. Like, they've been trying to bring in guys to kind of legitimize the squad that they're fielding. I mean, they brought in Luke Walton. They're definitely making steps, but... Quite a bold move by Jeannie Buss to just finally drop the hammer and take them both out. I, you know, there was a discussion I heard on the NBA, the Ringer NBA show, where they talked about the possibility of they could have gotten to Marcus Cousins. That maybe Sacramento called them up and they were offering a deal and Sacramento wanted Brandon Ingram and the Lakers were like, we're not going to part with Brandon Ingram. And if and I think that was the deal breaker for the Lakers not getting DeMarcus Cousins, and that's why he went to New Orleans. So there's a thinking that if, in fact, there was a trade on the table, and if, in fact, the Lakers essentially didn't get DeMarcus Cousins because 
they decided that they didn't want to part with Brandon Ingram, you know, number two overall pick. He's a rookie. But, you know, like any rookie, uh, he's not a known commodity. DeMarcus Cousins is a very clear known commodity. And if they at least brought DeMarcus Cousins in, yeah, it would have brought dysfunction to the Lakers, but there at least would have been a blue chip guy that would have brought them back to relevance. And I have a feeling the Lakers would have figured out a way to handle DeMarcus Cousins a little better than the Kings could. But that trade didn't go down, and there's some people feeling that that was probably the last straw for Jeannie Buss to take out both her brother and uh, Mitch Kupchak. Now, clearly there's probably beef between Jim and Jeannie. Uh, we, I don't think we need to go into the Buss family and what's happening there, but um, I'm skeptical about Magic Johnson. Now, you know, it makes me think of when Steve Kerr was brought on as the GM of the Suns. You know, he didn't have any experience in that job. Um, that's not to say that he doesn't know an awful lot about basketball. And and but you know, who's to say he knows he doesn't? Maybe he doesn't know anything about running a team. You know, I think Magic has been in the mix with a lot of these drafts, and you know, he's certainly been close to the team for a very long time. But does Magic really know anything about running a cap? About you know, identifying players? About scouting? I mean, maybe he does. And maybe relationships and and knowing these people is the difference maker for a front office guy. But, you know, just because you've been successful in some other area of the foot of the uh, football, my God, Jesus, I still got Super Bowl in my mind, of the basketball world doesn't mean it's going to equate to success in this role. And if you don't believe me, ask Phil Jackson. Okay, Phil Jackson is is in his fourth year with the Knicks. And I got news for you. The returns are not looking very good. If anything, I'm ready to run Phil Jackson out of town. And that this is Phil Jackson and the New York Knicks. Like, you can't get any more legacy-driven than that. So, you know, Magic Johnson coached the Lakers for a very short time because he was a terrible coach. I mean, this could be an absolute train wreck for the Lakers as well. They could run, He could run this team even further into the ground and trade away. I mean, I don't know if he can ruin the team as much as the Kings have ruined their own franchise, but... I'm skeptical of the whole thing. I do not think it's going to equate to immediate success. But listen, let's give him a chance. He's certainly going to make that place more of a free agent destination. I'll tell you that. People are going to be interested to play for Magic Johnson. Um, and, uh, you know, we got to give him some time. We, uh, But lots of times in the sports world and NBA, you don't get time. You get a couple of years, you get a few months, and things change quickly. Uh, anyway, listen, I just wanted to hop on, do a little bit of a podcast. Uh, I got a birthday coming up. My birthday's Friday. I'm turning 34 years old. Jeez, feels like, feels like yesterday I was like 18, still trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life. I don't know what the hell's going on. Anyway, um, anyway, I'm signing off. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Email me any questions or basketball topics you want to hear me discuss at samsportsstation at gmail.com. S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, again, thank you, Don Kenyon, for our new theme music on Sam Sports Podcast. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Feel so, feel so official. Mm. Uh, but on that note, enjoy basketball. It's going to be back on Thursday night, and we get to see this DeMarcus Cousins-Anthony Davis duo. First things first. Uh, but um, enjoy the rest of your night. I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.